And I realized that I was a businessman who happened to have a family. And what I wanted to be was a family man who happened to have a business. That was a huge internal breakthrough that has ultimately helped build what now Front Row Dads is, which is family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. But there, there was also a couple of other key moments that happened around that time. You know, my, my book, The Front Row Factor, was put out and, you know, I, I had been building this charity. We had raised millions of dollars. Like there's so many things that, like you said, on paper look great. People would have looked in, they're like, John's traveling everywhere. He's writing a book. He's serving a charity. He's like the pictures with his kids look like they're all super happy. And my wife said to me one time, she said, you're, you know, you're more of a moment maker for everybody else than you are for our family. Look, today I've got a great friend, a mentor on John Vroman has been silently in the background. Somebody that I've watched grow as a man. I've watched him grow his business. His Front Row Dads community is something I'm a part of, and I really love being in it. And today, we're going to talk deep about growth and evolution. And let me, let me give you what we're going to talk about so you know that your time is well spent here. We're going to talk about being a family man with a business, which is really the, the, the genesis of Front Row Dads. We're going to talk about growing or gaining your internal awareness, buying back your life and your time, leadership, imposter syndrome relationships with significance. We're going to talk about wisdom and being crowdsourced. So finding wisdom from so many different areas and working within those areas and making sure that they all serve you. We're going to talk about designing your life for success in all areas, paying attention to what's working and what's not and making course corrections, sticking with the challenges in your business, being in your own lane and understanding what you do best and hiring out the rest the formulas for constraints that actually serve your strengths, conquering fears around growing a team in a business, systems that help us be conscious about who we are in the world and the, 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 the legacy and the, the purpose that we're here for, the systems that can help us be conscious, recognizing patterns for course correction. We're going to talk about the front row dad story, John's story of you know being a busy business owner and kind of chasing after the identity that was created with money and that kind of thing and success, creating psychological safety, expectations management, intention versus expectations. We're going to talk about pain, setting goals, like identity around money, sharing your story with people. One thing that John said that I really loved was don't let your yesterday's breakthrough be today's ego trip. And I just, I loved this, this episode so much. We're going to talk about leadership journey, balance, and dealing with regret and resentment and how to be an incredible father and incredible husband. And, and John, this is John sharing his story. This isn't like a, it won't be a masterclass, like do these 25 things to be the best dad. This is you want modeling? This is modeling. John's an incredible father, an incredible business owner, incredible husband. He's a good friend. He's a good mentor. Like everything the guy does is very purpose driven. And so, what we're going to talk about is you're going to get an inside track to John's world and how he operates it as the man to be the best in all those different areas that I mentioned. And so, it is packed full of goodies. I'm telling you, you're going to get so much out of this. And guys, the one thing that I want to make sure that you, you know and are confident with is that on this journey, although I have some understanding and some formulas in this path, I am constantly learning too about myself as a man. My purpose is evolving, even though it's, it's very, very, you know, 
it's very locked in on this path, the path still evolves. And I'm learning along with you. I just understand some of the things that you might not understand. And I have worked through some things that you might not have. And if you are struggling in your life and you have these, these things that keep plaguing you or pressing up against you, and you know that your life could be different, and you know the results for your life aren't everything that you want. You know, one of the things that John and I talk about today is the future regret and the pain that comes with it. And understanding the pain in the present moment of that future regret, that future pain that you'll feel, actually bringing it into the present moment and feeling it now to make sure that you can make decisions that serve your life best for the results that you truly want, not just the emotions you're going through because that's what keeps you fed or that's what keeps you feeling good or that's where your identity is or that's where people like you. Guys, if you are feeling misaligned, it's time to make a change. It's time to make a choice. And what I'm asking you to do is raise your hand and say, I need help. Now, if you're a guy who's ready to take action now, then take action now and sign up for one of our things. If you're missing your purpose, if you want to align with your mission and you want to understand who your authentic self really needs to be to execute on this mission to become the best dad and husband and leader and, fa- and, and, and man that you can be, our VMP course is cheap, guys. It's 497, 497 bucks for a six-week course. It comes with nine exercises and videos and training and everything is very structured so that you can put the strategy together and gain the clarity, confidence, and courage to live on purpose, live that mission, live with purpose, understand why you're here and the man you need to become to own that shit. That's our VMP course. VMP, vision, mission, person equals purpose. If you want more and you need more support, Then you can sign up for our Discovering Design Mastermind, which is a 12-week program priced at at, at 1997, fucking cheap, relatively speaking. And in that, you get 12 weeks of exercises, including the VMP exercises for the first four weeks, and then eight more weeks of videos, training, exercises, and live coaching with me every single week for 12 fucking weeks. It's so exciting. I'm so, guys. I'm so excited about what we have built, what we have for the world. And then if you need more than that, you got VIP one-on-one. We have retreats coming up if you want to be in person. Guys, there is no excuse anymore not to take action. And look, here's the thing. We might not be the best fit for you, and that's okay. I'm at peace with that. That's why I bring a lot of coaches on here because I'm not concerned as much because it's still my business. I'd love for you to go through our programs. However, our programs aren't suited or fit you. I want you to take action in somebody's program so that you can find the real you and you can align with that path that you're truly supposed to be on. So guys, if you need something, just raise your hand. And if you find that you have someone in your life that needs something, just send them this episode and just be that person, be that stand for them to say, hey, bro, I know you're going through some shit. Maybe this can help because it helped me. All right. Love all of you. I'm so grateful and thankful to all of you for the support you have given us. And the, this, 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 this growth trajectory that we're on is, is truly amazing to see this vision come to life and to be affecting so positively, powerfully, and purposely so many guys' lives. It is, oh man, it's, it's, this is what true fulfillment feels like. So I love all you. I appreciate all of you. Enjoy this episode. All right, dude, this episode is exciting for me because you have been a silent slash vocal mentor in my life for seven years. And you don't know that. And you know that. 
And it's weird yes, to we, think about, right? We've been running in similar circles, man, and finding different ways to to influence each other. You know, I remember yeah. multiple conversations with you being inspired by your mission and how you want to show up and serve and the variety yeah. of things that you'll be involved with. So natural. I knew it was a matter of time that it would just keep <laughs> getting closer and closer to our, our alignments would would ultimately be in one lane. Here's the here's the tip for the audience. When I saw John on stage in I don't know 2015 maybe, I was like, I really like that that guy's message. I like where he's going with this. I I, I don't know anything else. I just want to follow that guy. And at that moment, action should have been taken. Right here we are seven years later, and I'm in your inner circle. Right, and if I had advice to the audience, when you find a mentor. That's not just doing the stuff that you want to do or having the things that you want. When you find somebody that you can look up to who's being the person that you want to be in all the different areas, you take action right there. That's mm. There's no regrets here. And if I could go back and do it different, I would have just been like, John, I'm in your world. Whatever it takes, let's roll right now. And yeah. I, I think that's uh, that's something for the audience because – you know, on Instagram and on Facebook and all these different social media channels, we kind of we tend to gravitate to the people that look like they have it all, yet they're probably hollow inside or pissed off at their lives or they're majorly depressed and they're just posting shit to make sure the outside world validates them. And the the challenge with that is there's no depth, there's no alignment, it's just posts, and there's no connection between the inner and the outer self. And that is a very big thing to pay attention to when you are looking for someone to help guide you, whether it's the next week of your mission or the next freaking your entire life. You've got to find somebody that is acting and doing how you want to. And that's yeah. uh, that's a crucial element. And that's you among you know other guys that you run with, too. That's you for me. I've always watched your content. I've always done stuff. I'm like, man, I got to. I, I really like how this guy's running his life, fitness and family and, and all those different aspects mixed in. And it seems like, all right, this guy's got it all. So kudos to you, man. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. And it hasn't always been that way. And I want to get into that now. I want to go back to the time that you described in whatever it was, 2015, when you were on stage and uh, or maybe it was right when you're, you're right when your son was born. So however old he is, that's when it was your, your youngest, I think. Yeah. And you described a very different guy. So anybody that knows John Broman or front row dads or any of the stuff that you've done, that isn't the guy that you've always been. And I want you to talk about who you were and, and then this, this evolution of the man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks man for creating space for me to be reminded by the way of, of what's important too, because sometimes going back and reliving those, those experiences are really helpful for me to not only see how far in my mind I have come, but also to keep me on track, uh, because it's easy to slip back into bad habits. But dude, if I, if I go back to 2008, that was the moment where I stepped away from a very cushy, high paying, comfortable and exciting role with a company that I was working with. Um, I, I had a lot of reasons to stay that path, but I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I joined that, that, that I joined that club 
and it did not go the way that I had hoped as quickly as I had hoped. It was, it was a rough couple of years. And so I knew what it was like to really be hungry, you know, literally hungry and be building the business. When my son's, my first son was born, it was in the midst of all that chaos. So what had happened over the next six years was that it went from like survival mode, like literally how do we make it at a baseline, like cover the mortgage, do all the things. And and I just never got out of that, (laughs) even when we were out of that. Um, it was always like, well, now that we're making 10,000 a speech, how do we say no? And now that we're making 20,000 a speech, how do you say no? And now that you're making 30,000 a speech, how do you say no? Cause you just have this, I don't ever want to go back there. Right. So what happened fear. was I just kept I, I, out of fear. Yeah, yeah. I kept saying one more busy season. And the truth was it was, it was never slowing down. It was, my son was six. My other one was just born, like you said. And there's a couple things that happened and we can get into the whole story if you want, or we can kind of kind of glide through this. But there was a one moment when I was talking about who I was to another person, and I realized that I was a businessman who happened to have a family. Hmm. And what I wanted to be was a family man who happened to have a business. That was a huge internal breakthrough that has ultimately helped build what now Front Row Dads is, which is family men with businesses, not businessmen with families. Yeah. But there there was also a couple of other key moments that happened around that time. You know, my my book The Front Row Factor was put out and you know, I, I had been building this charity. We had raised millions of dollars. Like there's so many things that like you said on paper look great. People would have looked in, they're like John's traveling everywhere, he's writing a book, he's serving a charity, he's like the pictures with his kids look like they're all super happy. And my wife said to me one time, she said, "You're you know, you're more of a moment maker for everybody else than you are for our family. Damn. And somebody else who was a friend of mine around that time had talked about being famous at home, you know, <laughs> and he said, first be famous at home. I think it was my friend, Derek Coburn, uh, who started a group called Cadre. I think he said that. But it really, all of this, this perfect storm for transformation started happening. And that's when I got the group of guys together in 2016 to say, look, let's talk about the things that most men aren't talking about, which is that, you know, most of our conver- my conversations were an hour of business talk. And then yeah. it's like, oh, by the way, how's the wife and kids? Yeah. And I, I was like, let's flip that on its head. And let's first have the conversations that many of us are, are afraid to have, or we don't have the space to have, or we haven't created the intention around. And then here we are, you know, six yeah. years later, and a lot of guys need this. Dude, you know, what's interesting is I got this, like, I got this emotional well up real fast, like instantaneously when you said you're a moment maker everywhere else. And I got that same speech. You're this perfect model of who you kind of want to be out there to make money and to (laughs) validate your feelings and to make yourself valuable to the world and, and to be somebody. Yet when you come home, we get the worst of you because you're tired and you're drained and you're pissed off because you, you another day chasing that dollar to make sure that Ian's valid and valued for the world. Yet the misalignment is, is killing you. And I I remember what my, we were in, in couples therapy. My wife said to me, um, or the therapist said, why do you stay together? If you, if you're so, you know, 
like opposed to the, being married. And my wife said, because I know who he really is. And I just pray to God one day he finds out. It even chokes me up thinking about it now because like how fucking unfair to her that I wasn't strong enough to, to start to, to work on me. Or I wasn't even clear that that's what needed to happen until somebody said, well, your life and your business grow to the extent that you do. And I'm like, holy shit. Oh my God, I'm going to take that. And I'm going to, I'm going to make that the concept of my life. And I'm going to figure out what personal development and growth actually is instead of a, a concept or a, a, like a pop culture reference. I'm going to do this for the whole world that I live in, not just out there trying to prove myself, my inner world, which will affect the outer world, which hopefully will make me stronger inside. And it, it has worked yet. There are so many guys going through this, this external validation dance every day. And the family gets the, 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 the least of them. And they don't even, they don't even know who they are anyway. So the least of them is like, is like 2% versus like 40%, you know, of a hundred. And I, I too was in those similar conversations about business all the fucking time. And I said to my wife and I said to a couple of my mentors, I'm like, is it me or do I just hate this? Do I, I, I hate talking about business. I want to talk about the problems that I'm experiencing as a man, as a new father. I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm going to mess this little girl up and she's going to end up on a pole one day somewhere. Like, not by the way, guys, if your daughter's a stripper, not that's the bad thing. Just that's not my intention for the world. That I was by the creating. way, now there's like pole dancing classes. <laughs> you know, this is like upper middle class shit right here. Ian. I like, know, I know. It's big business. You could be a franchise owner of a pole dancing studio. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe. But the the point is though that those conversations, just like you're exp- you were explaining, they were annoying me. I, I like I wanted, I wanted that piece. And even back then, when you said it to me, family men with businesses, it didn't register because I don't think I was ready to make that change. So at what point? Yeah. Yeah. At what point were you ready and knew you had to start making changes? You know, it's it's I smile looking back because there were moments when even Tatiana would say something to the effect of like the ego is so big that you can't see it. And I would check in and I go, nah, I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure I checked in on my ego. Now, when I look back, <laughs> I think that's laughable because I also didn't even really understand what the ego was. Yeah, and I, a, a lot of my, the a lot of the the period, a lot of the timeline where I wasn't growing was largely because I was just unaware. I didn't have the awareness. I didn't have, like you said, some it. There are there is a sequence for your life. There is an evolution. And you might get a message. It's just not at the right time. You're not open to it. You're not, you don't have the fundamentals built to be able to receive that message. There are so many examples I can give. One comes up, which is I was at this, um, this event and there was this moment when we're all in a circle and the leader of the event said, would anybody like, if anybody would like throughout the event, a healing or a blessing, you can come up and see me. Interestingly, my reaction was, I don't, I don't need a, I don't need a healing. There's, I've checked in. I don't think there's anything that needs to be healed, <laughs> but I'll take a blessing. Like, why wouldn't you? <laughs> but it's moments like that where, when now when I look back, I go, there was so much that needed to be healed. I didn't have the awareness around that. 
But that is the point of being in a community. And this isn't, this isn't like a, um, this isn't a slick way of plugging front row dads. I'm literally saying any community, you know, any group, any man, any tribe, any crew, any organization that you can be a part of that helps you to see more of yourself, that helps to notice, bring light to your blind spots is valuable in your life. It could be a religious context or not. It could be in a in an educational format of a school. It could it could be somewhere else. It could be clubs, organizations. It, you could literally it could be informal gatherings of people. But the point is that other people have this incredible ability when they reveal their story and then they reveal themselves, and you start to see what's possible, and you get to see some of you in them, and then you start to realize we're all just one, right? We're all different expressions of the same being in, in, yeah. in many ways. But dude, for me, this was, it was not just one moment, although there are significant moments. Like you could say there's a moment when your spouse might call you out and you're like, that was kind of jarring and that yeah. was defining. And that was what I needed. Counselor said something. I read something in a book. I went to an event, but what I truly believe is all of it is what makes the soup. And so it's all the people, all the books, all the experiences, all of that, if I just committed to staying in it yeah. and remaining open to some degree, I would have these breakthroughs regularly. And yeah. now I'm also, you know, there's a saying, don't let yesterday's breakthrough become today's ego trip. And I I have to be very careful to also not tell the story as if I'm complete now. Oh, Ian, I was once broken and then I became enlightened. And now I live this amazing life as this completely conscious being leading this men's group. You know, that's all bullshit that like, yes, have I grown? I'll I'll take credit for that. Yeah, have I evolved? Fuck yes. But I also have so much ahead of me. And the truth is I have blind spots right now and I don't know what they are. That's why they're blind spots. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I have faith in is they will be revealed to me. And at some moment, I'll probably feel a little silly that I didn't see it earlier, right? I'll have some like, ah, I wish I would have gotten that earlier. But yeah. my goal is to be in a state where I receive as many of those like enlightened moments, as many as possible before it's too late, before I get to the end and realize I was just sleepwalking through life. Yeah, well, that's the, that's the, I don't know if it's a problem. I mean, it's a problem for most people when they become aware. That's the challenge that most men face is dealing with that regret that you will inevitably, yeah. inevitably face in the future. And, and the thing that I would put myself through is to grab that future regret and feel the pain now. And that's what I use to keep me going is, is like, like this morning, there was a mistake made with the podcast episode this week and some things happened. Not, you know, it was another team and, and some things happened and it was Your business it, makes mistakes. What kind of operation are you running over there? I know. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm shocked by it. <laughs> and, um, and I needed to get on it right away. It was like a time sensitive and everybody was leaving for school. So I walked into my office and I wasn't paying t- attention to time. And like, I looked at the kids waving by to me and I was like, just give me one second. And they, saw them walk out the door and like, I dropped like, like, like hand of God, maybe I dropped my phone. And in that moment I felt 
you will never get this day back to go hug them. Like you will never get this time back with that seven-year-old and that almost three-year-old to, to get that love and give that love again. Like your business in this moment does not matter. And I, and I grabbed, and I, I've made this a habit. I grabbed that future pain of, you know, being in my sixties and, and just wanting that day back that I wasted or that moment yeah. back that I didn't spend. And so I dropped my phone and I was like, I hear you. I, I'm going, you know, like I went out the garage and they were going to get in the car and I gave them hugs and kisses. And, and, um, and then like, it was, it was a complete moment at that, at that point, it was complete. And I could go back to doing what I was doing. And that's what you're talking about with, I'm not a businessman with a family. My family has to come first. And then the other thing is I have to come first. And if I don't put myself first, then how the hell can I put anybody else first? And if it's my business, my family, then me, or really business, a bunch of other shit, family, a bunch of other shit, and then me, well, like, what about you and all that? And then that regret you face later on in life that you never put yourself first or rarely put yourself first. And maybe it was like, you know, I went to the gym every day. However, you just did that to kind of escape from reality anyway and kind of like work out your aggression. I, that is something that, you know, in the mental purpose mission, to, to empower men to help to free themselves of internal restriction and constraint so they can live the most fulfilling, authentic, and regret-free lives possible. That regret-free piece is massive because who the fuck wants to be sitting at 75 years old with nobody around going, I got a bank account full and I've got nothing in my heart. I've got nothing in my soul. I've got nothing in my life except for a bank account. And I'm continuing this 75-year role, 85-year role of filling the void with shit that I do on the outside, buying it, spending it, you know, throwing it around the car I drive, the house I live in. That's no way to live. And guys like you and I are here to stop that forward progression of that path that doesn't serve these men. And I feel so proud to be on this path that I wake up every day and I'm like, I can't wait to serve. Like, I can't wait to, to serve the men of this world who are are starting to awaken and say, holy shit, I got to change course and I need a system mm -hmm. or I need a structure or a strategy. You know what I mean? And you, you feel that I know that, right? Yeah. I'm obsessing over it right now. In yes. fact, I was, was laughing earlier because we, we, um, just before this, I was on a call with uh, Dan Martell, a friend who just put out a book called buy back your time. And I was explaining to Dan that I really believe that his book is one of the most important books for people like me and the guys in my community, because the whole point of it is how do we build systems? How do we grow yet without losing our life? We, we don't, we don't hire to grow our businesses. We hire to buy back our time, Yeah, you know, and we, we talked all about how we uh, see and operate in our businesses and our family lives. Uh, that's the whole point of it, man. To me, this is the game. You know, this is the game of like figuring this out now so that I don't just grind it out, you know, and, and also wear that badge. Like, I'll just tell my kids one day, maybe regretfully, but I'll just tell them I did it for you. Yeah. I was working hard for you. Yeah. Because only part of that is true. Well, it's a cop out, isn't like, it? Like, yes. 
Yeah, because part a lot of it is also for the the dude, the dad. The, right, like, right. you know, I used to say, "I'm going to work for you," and I'm like, "But I also fucking love it." <laughs> you right, know, like right. I'm a king in that space. It's easier, right? Like I use that. I'm going to show my kids how to work hard and provide for the family as an excuse. Not, it's not total bullshit. No, it's not because of course I want to provide for my family. Of it's course I want to show them how to live. But I have to be honest with myself that that if it, it, and again, there's nothing wrong with being passionate. There's nothing wrong with going all in on something. But all things have this this dark side, the shadow side to it. And one of them is like, dude, you're not being honest. You're like, I got to go on this trip. And you go, how much of that is like you got to go and how much you want to go? Right. Because right. if you want to go, that's great too. Just tell them that you really want to go. Right. Yeah, I, I I found myself doing that, you know, back in those days when I where I met you, it was like I think every month I was going somewhere doing something and it was it was for everyone. It was really for me to go have fun. Yet did I have fun? Not 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 so much because I, I was not having conversations that I really wanted to have. And that was it was affecting me. It was and then I'd come home and I'd feel guilty that I spent that time and the and the family's money on that and and so a very good friend of yours and mine, Mike McCarthy, said to me one day, I was complaining to him about something. And, you know, Mike's, Mike's dry and very direct and said, why don't you fucking build it? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, if you don't have what you want, why don't you build it? And I said, well, who the fuck am I to build it? And he goes, you're everybody. You're everything needed to build it. The 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 guy who builds the stuff that changes the planet is the guy who says it's needed because I need it and I'm going to figure out a way to get it and I'll just yeah. build it and I'll just build it for everybody. And so I paired that with my wife and what she said about like, you know, if it's working for you, maybe it works for other people, you know, and then, then the timeline of events goes and the timeline of events goes. And then all of a sudden men on purpose is in front of me at the beginning of 2020 and I reached out to guys like you to come on the podcast originally. Like you have an episode way back in 2020, which seems like 20 years ago. Really? And I remember, I remember every interview. I was like, am I good enough to do this? Am I really the guy that's going to lead a movement? Not just like start another business. Like, is this really where I want to go? Is this mission accurate? I mean, I came up with it. Is it fluff? Is it bullshit? Is it like just to show the world that I'm somebody? How did you get into that mindset and, and maintain and sustain the mindset of a leader in a movement like this? Because you didn't just create a business that like opened a space for guys to talk about some shit and there's a, there's a telegram channel and blah, blah, blah. Like you got to maintain leadership and growth of that leadership constantly. Did you ever feel insecure about you being a leader in this type of space and, and being able to maintain this in your own personal? All, all the time. I mean, I think the imposter syndrome, at least my experience, is it's not only been present for me, but I see it in other people as well. I think it's a very natural thing for that to happen. Um, and I think there's a good part of that too. There's a good part of like really checking in how significant am I or do I want to be in this grand experiment of life, right? How You go, all right, in one hand, you know, you do the, you're on this 
you so you live in this city, in this state, in this country, on this planet, and then when you keep zooming out <laughs> into the solar system and the expanding universe, you're like, I it means nothing, <laughs> right? What? Like in the grand scheme of things, I'm so insignificant. That's actually a beautiful part of you know how we see ourselves in the world. There's that's a, a humbling and important experience. Yeah. And then there's also the person that's right in front of you. There's the family around you. There's the kids that that need their dad. And you start to see how significant you can be. I think that part of the journey is learning um, how we, uh, learning about our relationship to significance. Yeah. That's part of the exploration. You know, you're everything and you're nothing. Right. And, and that's the point is like, but can we, you know, I've talked a lot about recently about range and that what I really want for myself and this community is for front row dads in particular, and I, I wish this for all men, but in our community, I want to hold space for, for range yeah. and range of all types. Can, can I be calm and can I be aggressive? Can I be loud and can I be soft? And can I understand that all of that lives within me? Can I be, you know, super competitive and then not giving a shit whether or not I win the game? Like there are, is a time and a place for everything. One of the, the greatest lessons in life for me is all the paradox that exists, the contrast that exists in life. I, I remember learning from mentors and I'm like, but wait a minute, you just said, give it your all. And then the other one, you just said, let it go. And I'm like, right. stay committed, let it go. What the fuck do I do? <laughs> you know, I remember all the, the, the contradictory statements and I was wrestling yeah. with all of this light and dark, you know, all of this up and down, left and right. And, and then I just realized it's all range. It's yeah. all there. It's all true. And it just is a matter of like how we utilize this range in any given moment, you know, because each situation calls for something different. So the question around, hey, like what's the journey like when you step into leadership and in anything? It's a lot of it is understanding your insignificance in this space uh, because that's a very, that's very humbling. And it's also to recognize the power that you have in those spaces. And when you start playing with all that range, I think leadership in some ways is natural that you, you evolve as a leader. People just start paying attention because you're shifting and you can't help but lead. Now, a lot of leadership is a choice and there's lots of ways that you can position yourself, especially in our line of work. Mine in particular was to say from the get-go, I don't necessarily want to be the guru of front row dads. I don't want to build this on everybody saying, I'm going to keep learning from John. Right. I wanted the, the wisdom to be crowdsourced. And that's a big part of how I also, you know, um, dealt with that imposter system was just to call it out. Guys, I'd say, I'd say from the very beginning, I didn't start front row dads because I had all the answers. I started it because I wanted some. And so I'm just on the journey with you learning. I'm curious. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I'll share my fuck ups. I'll share my victories. And we'll just do this thing together. Yeah. But I'm not going to position myself as like, I'm basically ad advanced from everybody else and you're all going to try to catch up to me. But that I'm going to bring in experts and I'm going to invite conversation into the community and we're just going to learn together. How do you balance that all or nothing mentality? Because I have that too. And I think most go-getters have this like, I'm I'm all in, I'm all in. And then you gotta you gotta come home and you can't, you can't, you can't grind fatherhood. You can't hustle marriage. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you gotta be all in 
yet there's got to be balance. How do you balance the, the, the all or nothing? I think it's just learning to be where you are. It, it's, it, that, that's the biggest part is just be where you are. Presence is something we talk about. It's very difficult to do. So you'll hear this constantly. How do I be more present with my wife, be more present with my kids? And I mean, there's lots of technical ways we could approach that. You know, a lot of it is design, designing your calendar, designing your life, designing your business, designing your world so that then when you step into that place, you're like, I'm supposed to be here. A lot of times we can't be where we are because we, we don't have the other thing figured out. So we're like, if, if work hasn't been figured out, you don't have the systems, you don't trust your team, you don't trust that processes are happening, it's very fucking hard to be at home present with your yeah. family when you think shit could be burning down at work. Yeah. Right? Or if you're not if you're not if you haven't put the work in with your family, then you might be at work having a lot of regret of not being there, right? Because you weren't really there when you were there. You weren't really present with your kids. You weren't really present with your wife. But if you feel if you can do that, if you can be where you are, you can be fully present, then when you show up to work, you're like Dude, I'm good. They need some time alone too. They, you know, your kids need to not have dad as much as they need to have dad. Yeah. Your wife or partner or spouse needs to not have you be there as much as she needs to have you there. Yeah. So it's just about a lot of this, as you and I both know, is this is leverage, this is effectiveness. And like, does our time count? Yeah. That's the which, biggest part. That's a that's a crucial element here, which is. There are guys I think that go from the working all the time to, you know, maybe working from home and they're around their kids all the time. And COVID was a great example of this. And I think a lot of people went crazy. And I said to them, well, you're, maybe you're spending too much time with your kids. And they're like, well, isn't that what I'm supposed to do? Now I'm confused. And I said, well, it's not about, it's not about like I clocked eight hours today with my kids or I clocked four hours. It's purposeful time. Like I, I put a post up a couple of weeks ago that said, I spend an average of 46 hours a week with my kids. My kids need their alone time. I need my alone time. My wife needs her alone time. The 46 hours is purposefully spent. Like right in front of my desk here is my daughter's art creative space. She has a ring light. She's got lighting just like I do. She's, it's just a lower table. She's got crayons, markers, duct tape, anything she can use to build and create. And she needs that. And sometimes she'll sit in here with me and we don't talk. That's us together, and that's her in her space and me in mine, and that's beneficial, and it's serving. Now, there are some times where if you're, if you're available and you're listening, your spouse and your kids will say, I've had enough of you. Can you please go somewhere else and do something else, like uh, just not here and in my space? And if you're, and if you're easily offended by that, you're going to be offended. Yet, if you can just listen to what they need and be available for that, then the whole thing starts to really get balanced out. In my opinion, that's how my household works. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of it is just paying attention to, to what's working and what's not. If you can pivot too, if you can be agile, um, you know, if something, it, it just sounds so simple to say, but it's, it's the 80, 20 analysis in all these areas of our life. It's what's working and what's not, because sometimes I'll spend an hour with tiger and it's just not working. Yeah. You know, and then I'll spend 10 minutes with them and it was the best 10 minutes ever. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let me ask you something as far as the, the, like we talked a little bit about the leadership and kind of keeping yourself in that being, you know, you have to be open to learning when the, you know, sometimes I have this challenge with like, I think, you know, I took on this 
took on this purpose that I aligned with, you know, and that I believe that I'm here for on this planet. And some days it's just like, what am I doing? How do I keep going with this? How do I, in the business side, how do I keep going and not regret, you know, spending too much time or not enough time or not enough, or I got to go over here and do be with the family, or I like to spend some time by myself in the business specifically. How do you maintain it just for you? Like, how do you maintain just keeping going when your brain, your old programming, your insecurities are just pulling on you hard? Like, dude, just quit, just quit. This sucks. Like, this is uncomfortable. This is, you're never going to be able to make this happen. How do you stick with it? You know, one is for me, I'll, I'll, I'll just say my own experience has been staying in my lane with what I feel is my zone of genius. And I think people build businesses all the time. They don't like, um, you know, th- because they're just not doing the thing they should be doing. Yeah. You know, uh, Dan wrote about this in his book where it's all fresh in my mind. Cause I literally just listened to the whole thing in the last 24 hours. He was talking about somebody who, you know, you love to bake. So you open up a bakery and then everybody loves your stuff. So then you got to hire a couple more people and then you got to train those people. And right. next thing you know, like all you're doing is bookkeeping and, <laughs> you know, advertising and, uh, all the things except for baking because right. that's the thing you actually want to do and you're not doing any of that anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that how you stay in anything in life and mo- <laughs> motivated, energized, plugged in, optimistic, hopeful is to just keep going back to being in your lane and doing the things that are your zone of genius. Um, I have a, a document somewhere here. I think, yeah. Oh, I hung it up. So I just did this sketch and it's, this is what's keeping me in my lane where top left, these are all my strengths. So this was the, you know, the strengths profile, the strengths finder. And I just wrote my top five down and then I've got my rocks. So we run EOS. So these are our areas of focus for anybody who doesn't know, right? I wrote down our team strengths collectively. Who are we? I wrote down our company rocks, like what are we collectively rowing towards, our core values as a business, and my personal core values. Hmm. So this is all in a visual a visual document like that. Like it's just a sketch. Yeah, love it. And what's interesting is that if I can stay focused and if my heart can be plugged into the things that I know to be true, like ideation is now my number one strength. If I don't give myself space to ideate, then I feel stifled. I start to lose hope. I start to feel like I I can't make a difference. We had a team meeting maybe two weeks ago. We tried to shorten up our quarterly, cut it, make it tighter, right? And um, I realized that in doing so, we cut out all the ideation. It was like, all right, quickly, how do we get to our focus, our rocks, our milestones? How are we going to be accountable for this? Where is it going to, it was all boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Now it was effective maybe, but it was missing the thing I loved, which was shooting the shit around like, well, what if we did this? And what if we did that? Which by the way, needs constraints because otherwise you just ideate all that all day long. You got ideas for days and nobody knows what to do and you got thousand things on the table. So yes, that needs constraint. But at the end, (laughs) I realized we didn't have it. And I was like, I don't like this business anymore. 
I don't like <laughs> what I'm doing. This isn't fun. You know, like, yeah, I don't want to run that. I don't want to run that business. Uh, I don't feel like I'm, I'm capable because yeah, I'm not dealing with my strengths. So I've got to weave that in. And if I want everybody on the team to feel empowered and excited and aligned, then I have to remember what their strengths are. So I've also asked the team to each give me a one pager just like this, where I hang it on my wall and I remember what their rocks are, what their values are, yeah. what, what, you know, like what their profile is, their strengths profile, so that I can also hold space for everybody else to be having the thing they need in our meetings or in the business. Right. So yeah. I think that's the answer to being effective in any moment is, are you tapping into who you genuinely are, right? What you can be good at. It's the, it's the Venn diagram that we know makes money. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a challenge that a lot of the guys that I work with on a weekly basis in our, in my one-on-one on my one-on-one coaching side that there's this, a lot of them have either quit their jobs or they are growing their businesses and I'm helping them with that. And I think one of the scary pieces, at least for me and, and a lot of them, um, frankly, a lot of people that I've worked with over the last eight years is bringing on the leverage and releasing the stuff that you know, you don't need to do anymore yet the control aspect of all oh, the business is going to get bigger. Totally. It's going to start spinning faster. It's more out of control. How do I control myself in that? So it's kind of like two part question. It's how did you get through that? And did, well, did you experience it? And how did you get through that? And what, what, what do you put in place to, to just surrender to what is and just let the things happen and trust that this is the, the route. And if it's not the route, you'll course correct and it's fine. So like just, just that personal trust and, and confidence to hire another person, knowing that you're going to be putting food on their table and can you yeah. actually do this? Dude, Dan's going to feel like this is a, a whole podcast <laughs> pitching his book. Uh, you better give me Dan's funny. information so I, got, I can get I him on here. Dan, I got to tell Dan what happened here today, which okay. is funny. But just because literally I'm looking at my notes <laughs> from his book, Dan says, you know, um, 80% done by somebody else is a hundred percent awesome. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. And, and it's like, no, they're probably not going to do it as good as you, or you're going to have to recognize that 80% done by somebody else is a hundred percent awesome for you. Right. And this is, might have to be an intellectual piece. You might have to deal with some of your own issues to be able to let go. A lot of that is why are you holding on? Why do you think you need to do everything? You know, it's interesting, man, how much healing needs to happen for entrepreneurial men yes. to grow. Like there, there's literally these traumatic wounds inside of you, these childhood wounds, yeah. you know, rejection, abandonment, right? Humiliation, all these things that happened when we were kids that are still forcing us to do things as an adult. Yeah that maybe we're not conscious of. And until we deal with these childhood wounds, we're still going to want to hold on to everything. But the reason you're holding on to everything is maybe not because you don't have the strategy. Somebody might've told you this is what you should do. You intellectually get it, but yet you still hold on. It's probably because you're, you're, you have something in the past that hasn't been dealt with. And when you heal that, you'll likely just be able to, I can let go. It's open. Yeah. 
What about the sustaining? Yeah. What about the sustainability or the consistency of your own actions? It's really a it's a trust factor at the at the base root of it. Like, how do you trust yourself that you're gonna show up and do the activities that you need to, that you know to, and also be open to learning the ones that you don't know to do that you need to do? So that, you know, I, I think a lot of the the things that guys are fearful of, I know I was my first hire was can I maintain who I am and what I need to do on a consistent basis to keep this thing funded and fueled so I can provide this person with a paycheck every week and, and not let them down. Yeah. And, and I found that the growth of my first business was, was, was not happening because I wasn't trusting myself to let go. I wasn't trusting myself to actually stay in it and be consistent with action and activity. Do you ever face that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I deal with fear all the time. Um, and part of it is we need systems for ourselves that help us to be conscious. So this is moments of silence. This is meditation. We need systems where we're not filling all the space because you do need time to process what you're just talking about. Like you need time to realign yourself. Sustainability is the name of the game, right? So like, can I do this every week? Is this a schedule that I would thrive in that I don't have to muscle my way through constantly because your muscle will fatigue, yeah. right? Willpower is not indefinite. And so the more that things are just teed up for success from the start, I think that's the biggest part. When you, when you do an audit of your life and you start asking, well, when you are starting to doubt yourself or when you are starting to burn out, what's the pattern? What... What is the predictable pattern? Because if you see it enough times, I mean, that's the benefit of journaling and then looking back on your journals yeah. is pattern recognition. Yeah. You know, the benefit of data analysis on our teams and looking at our 80-20 is, is pattern recognition. You're like, shit, I've been talking about this for a long time. This, typically when I slip, it's this. These are my worst hours. These are my best hours. You know, um, you know as an example, you know this about me is that I don't schedule things on Mondays and Fridays. So the answer for me one of the things that was I was burning out and I wasn't able to show up for our team and I wasn't able to sustain is I was just too busy. Yeah. I was too full. I didn't have room in my schedule the way that I now know I need in order to thrive. So, I mean, look, delegating or building a team, these are long conversations. There's lots better. There are people that are far better at explaining how to do that yeah. than I am. But I do believe that you know, we've talked about this a lot in Front Row Dads. We had Dan Sullivan come in and run a session for us. It's We hear guys all the time, who, not how. Yeah. So I use, I used to think how to solve the problem, and now I think who. Yeah. And I don't always have the capital to get the who. Like I've, There's probably 10 who's that I want right now that I Front Row Dads' current revenue would not sustain hiring those people. Yeah. We could get investor dollars and do all that, but I don't want to do that. Um, that's personal preference. But I do think that there are specific who's along the way that make sense that as your business grows and you can, you can start outsourcing things like, you know, an admin assistant is a great step, right? Yeah. Can you have somebody manage your email and your calendar and help start taking things off of your plate? Um, and you know, if you don't trust that will happen well, <laughs> well, then that's the beginning of a great deep dive conversation into, well, why is that? Yeah. What is it, right? And that's maybe a longer conversation that your coach or friends of yours, like in Front Road Ads, you know, we have these bands, these small groups, but that would be something I would bring up. 
Like, hey guys, what do you see in me that I don't see in myself? Yeah. What patterns do you see? Or how have you been able to do this? And the more examples we have of other men, we, we start to just see different paths forward. Yeah, dude, I, I totally relate to that. There's so much in there that I wanna, I wanna ask about and I just wanna be cognizant of our time. I really wanna get into more depth about Front Row Dads. It is, I've told you this privately whenever you and I have talked over the last couple months and um, whatever you're doing is a formula that works, at least for me and the hundreds of guys that are in it. And, and the formula is for me, I wanted to find a group of, of men where I could be me in the authentic me, not the men on purpose guy, not the real estate guy, not the guy over here, or that guy over there, or I've got two kids, me that happens to have two kids. It happens like what you created as a foundation worked for me. And I have been a part of a lot of different organizations where I've been looking to find a brotherhood. Like I told you on the phone where I could post in the group right now, Yo, guys, I'm going to Moab in three weeks. I'm going to be renting an Overland Jeep. We're going to be out there for three days camping. Who's in? And I'm guaranteeing right now that 10 guys would be like, I'm in. Just show me, tell me when and where. And, and you'll get to know those guys. And it's not like you're best friends and you're going. And I was missing that in my life. And I'd been seeking it from so many other places. It's almost like you know you're dating the wrong girls over and over and over and over and over again. And you know the type of girls that you should be dating. However, it might be a little scary because that's like, it's real, real, real. Whereas the other, the other people that you're dating, you can just kind of play and be the, the fake version of you or the inauthentic, just kind of live out here and keep people at bay. And what I found in FRD is that I got what I wanted, which is I show up as the authentic Ian. And that's actually very scary because now people know you, the real you, which is also very empowering. So I want you to just talk about how you, like the genesis of it, we kind of talked about a little earlier, like give us more on Front Row Dads, just from your perspective. I could talk about it all day long and I've only sure. been in it for four months and, and I really enjoy the relationships that I build because they're very genuine and very authentic. Yeah. So for context, for anybody who doesn't know a lot about it, it's so it, it's a mastermind of family men with businesses. 300 currently from 14 different countries. So a lot of people hear about us through the podcast or they uh, men bring other great guys into the community. We have online and in-person events. So just baseline, that's yeah. who we are. Uh, we tend to attract high-performing entrepreneurs and business owners mostly. Yep. Right? Okay. I For everybody else, not for you, of course, uh, for your audience. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, as, as, as it relates to like, What's the magic behind front row dads? Why does it work? Yeah. Okay, this is a fun one because some of it is like it just happened. I can't claim ownership. I can't I can't claim like here's what I did to create this because when you start putting 300 people together in a community, it's beyond you. These are people they're influencing each other. They're bringing all of their stories, all of their blueprints, all yes. of their energy and you now have something that is so unique, so cool, so fun. So part of it is like, it just happened, right? You could try to trace it all back, <laughs> but there's a lot of dominoes that had to get tipped for all these people to be in one place, Yeah, right? If this guy wouldn't have gone here, if he wouldn't have listened to this podcast, if he wouldn't sure, have met that guy, sure. like it's infinite. But here's what I think 
looking at it is that number one is that it's safe. We've created a very safe place for people to have conversations. Yeah. No, that has been intentional. And it is also the gift of what everybody has brought to the space. So people really open up. It's not uncommon for us to hear, hey, John, I just had a conversation that went deeper in an hour than if you looked at all my conversations with my best friends for the last 10 years, yeah. this was more significant in front row dads. Part of that is just because of the space that we've created, the confidentiality, the vulnerability, um, and men sense it, they feel it, and they open up. And they're just like, this is what's going on. That's very powerful. Huge. Uh, so safety, psychological safety. For anybody listening, by the way, your professional teams, your businesses, your family, and just about anywhere where people gather, I think that an understanding and learning how to create psychological safety is so important. Do people feel safe on your team to be themselves, to express themselves, to ask the questions? When you study high-performing organizations, you'll find that's at the root of a lot of success is people will tell you, employees, team members, leaders, that psychological safety has been established. Yeah. However you do that, we've written out our core values. We've written out our ethos of engagement, we call it. We we constantly talk about who we are. So we reinforce our culture by saying, this is who we are. Our, our members constantly reinforce the culture by standing up and saying, what I love about this is that this is who we are. This is what Front Row Dads is all about. And then, so it just starts to, it swells like a wave and then we ride that wave. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest one that I can say around what's working here is psychological safety. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing, and this isn't I'm, guys, audience understand I'm not pitching FRD. I, I am, I am sharing my experience with the guy that built front row dads. And so if one of you is looking for a space like this, well, now you have information. That's it. I'm not saying go join. I'm saying make a good decision, make a serving decision. So yeah. what's interesting, I would say, I would say this, Join some group. Some, yeah, of course. Something, yes. Form any group, join yes. a group, but whatever it is, gather. Yeah. Like it is so important for men to gather however you want to do that yep. in whatever context and whatever way. And there's lots of options for you, but whatever it is, choose to gather in some fashion. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is there are the business aspects. And there are the, like I told you last Friday, I, I, myself and like seven other guys got on a zoom call and talked about car share and Turo and, and how to have a little side hustle and you can make some money and, and the returns that you get and the pitfalls that you find and those kind of things. And I thought that was really fun because that was something I really like. And those guys really liked it too. And we just had a good combo. My cat passed away back in, in November in the first place I reached out was one, I posted up in the men on purpose community and just said, Hey guys, this is what I'm dealing with. Cause just to share, right. Cause I'm not perfect. I'm not invincible. I, I have my challenges just like anybody. I just know how to, I just have systems to work through them a little quicker. And then I posted up in front row dads and I got like 12 private messages from guys who were like, yo dude, I feel you. I've dealt with that. If you need help, let me know. And that is not as common as you think it would be. You know, I think the, sorry to hear that, response back is common. 
to get depth. And I got on the phone with three guys and to, for me to cry literally on the phone about my cat dying with guys that I don't even know is exactly what I needed in my life. That type of space for me to be as vulnerable as I needed to be and share and then be open to receiving love and, and feedback and, and any type of other growth understanding that these guys had that I could just, I could intake and then I could weigh it out and I could move with it. That was, that was invaluable to me. And so super appreciative for you or of you for building that type of space for, for a guy like me to, to work within. Yeah. It's a, it's a solid group of dudes, you know, at our last event, we were in Austin yeah. and three, this was 110 people at a hotel downtown here, not far from where I live. And somebody had said, they go, John, I was checking in at the front desk and the woman said to me, who is this group? <laughs> and he goes, front row dads. She goes, what do you, you know? And he, so he gives, gives her like the 30 second on who we are. Yeah. And she goes, well, you guys are all amazing. She goes, I've never had a group that came in that was so kind, that was so respectful, yeah. that was so cool, that was so engaging. Like your vibe of your tribe is legendary. Yeah. And that, that, that was so cool to hear, man, because that's how I want our community to be um, perceived and felt in the world. I don't want us to all just like stroke each other's egos right. by talking about like, oh, we put family first right. and we're great, you right. know, and then go out and treat everybody in the world like we're assholes. <laughs> like, that would suck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I have left other groups because audio didn't match video because there was an incongruency yeah. between yeah. out here and inside. And that's a big issue. That's a big challenge. That a lot of fronting, a lot of fronting, a lot of marketing, a lot of fronting. Yeah, yeah, and it's okay for sure. And those group, and I've got, I've been part of dozens of groups. Some of them I'm still a part of. Some of them, most of them, I left because just didn't didn't fit with what I was looking for. So, dude, I want to, uh, and I'm sure somebody would say that about us too. Oh, by fuck the way. Yeah. Like there's somebody out there probably saying the same thing about oh, us. Dude, I have had guys, I've had guys write to me. They were in the mental purpose community. They've listened to the podcast and they've written to me and they're like, when are you going to stop pussifying men? When are you going to stop talking about feelings and emotions and crying on camera? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck man. I think the old version of me would have, would have wanted to battle and make the person wrong. The, the, the authentic version of me is like, I feel you brother. I got you. It's just not the right group for you. I hope you find your, I hope you yeah. find yours. And, and, and then just kind of let them go. And some of those guys come back to me and they're like, why don't you teach people about hunting and fishing? And I'm like, I mean, I, I, I don't know anything about those things. I'm sorry that I don't associate that as a manly activity for me. I, I don't know anything about yeah. hunting and fishing. I, I get very bored with both and I, I don't have any problem. I just don't think that's the definition of a man. You know, maybe if you want to go out and do some yeah. survival stuff, maybe, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. By the way, I had somebody whose counsel for me was the same thing. They're like, yeah, I think, man, you need to appeal to the, you know, the more aggressive side. Like there needs to be something in, in the logo that like swords or, you know, <laughs> some weapon or right. whatever. And here's the thing. I, I have buddies very close friends that have organizations with swords and weapons in their logos. Yeah. And I love yeah. them, love yes. them, man. They're great. Uh, 
And who knows, dude, maybe one day I wake up and I got a sword through the Row Dad logo. I, I don't doubtful, know. Doubtful, maybe though. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a poke. I'm not, no. I'm really not poking. I'm just saying that, but dude, I checked in and I'm like, no, not, not, not what I want. Now in front row dads, we have threads in telegram that men chat through. There's a hunting and fishing yep. thread in yep. there. There are groups in, the, I went hunting last year. Well, I wouldn't call it hunting. I went and harvested a bison with my buddy Tucker Max and my other buddy, Hal Elrod. And we went out and we harvested this bison. We did the field dressing, cleaned it, cooked the liver right over an open fire. That, sh that was fucking awesome. Yep. I didn't grow up as a hunter. I never hunted in my life. I'm so grateful that I got exposed to that. That was awesome. Yeah. I don't current, I wouldn't call myself a hunter right now. Yeah. Um, I don't crave it on the weekends. Not like I, I found the new passion for my life that this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. But dude, I got buddies in the group that are hunters. I think it's great. But, but every group has a vibe. And some of them are built around that. Yeah. And that's awesome for that group. Yeah, no worries. So I think you're totally right, man. It's like, whatever it is, people go say to me all the time, like, is Front Row Dads a religious group? No. Right? Is it, is it all about, you know, what's the vibe? Is it all special forces and military and everything's battle and war? No. no, it's not. Do we have guys in the group that appreciate that, that have experience with that, that might be even former military? Definitely. But, but the vibe of Front Row Dads is... Um, and our, our core values speak to it, curiosity, execution, teamwork, right? Community. So we value learning. We are a learning community. We value getting shit done, kicking ass, executing on the task. And we value doing that together as a community, a brotherhood. That is the three things that we value more than anything. And within that, if you praise Jesus, I empower you. If you hunt, God bless you. Like all of it is like, yes, you're welcome here. Yeah. All those aspects are welcome, yeah. but what ties us together is a, a vibe, a feel, yeah. very entrepreneurial, very owner's mindset. That's who we are primarily. Yeah. And then people either vibe with you or they don't, and that's cool. Yeah, I can yeah. I, do. I can totally appreciate that. I, I have been hunting in my past. I wouldn't call myself a hunter. It's just not something that vibed with me. I had fun sitting in the snow and just talking with the guys and. I, I don't think that that was my measure of manliness. And so when that guy proposed that, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know anything about that, man. I don't like, I, I, I'm not going to teach you anybody how to hunt and fish. That's not what you want from me. You should join a group that does that. And then come back to me for the internal, the, 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 the mix of the masculine and feminine. That's fine. That's me. You want to find your purpose? That's me. You want to find your authentic self? That's me. Want to learn how to hunt? Not me. Although I do. I, I did own a Benelli shotgun, so maybe that qualifies me for something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I sold that too. Um, well, dude, this has been uh, this has been everything that I've, I, you know, I expected and way more. And not that I have expectations on every episode. I just know, like, I'm talking to John today. I said to my wife, I'm like, I'm going to have such an incredible conversation that the audience is going to benefit so much from. So, bro, really appreciate you, man. Really appreciate you for everything, no, not thanks, just sir. this, for everything that you're doing for the world. <laughs> By the way, you want me to leave you with a fun Please. story around expectation? I, I don't think you know this one, but um, so er earlier, or I should say late 2022, my wife and I went to Burning Man with some friends. For those who don't know, it's 70,000 people in the desert. It's a, it's a big festival and it is incredible. Just say it's incredible. One of the things that happened while I was there was that 
I'm on a bike with some friends. It's late at night. We're hungry. And now, if you didn't know about Burning Man is that you don't buy things there, but people give stuff away all the time. Like our camp, which was 150 people, we, we gave away hot dogs every afternoon. For, for, like for context here, we gave away 5,000 hot dogs Damn. at Burning Man just as a gift to, to, the, to the community, yeah. right? But everybody does this. And people do it at all times of the day. So if you wanted food at 11 o'clock at night, you probably find it. It's free. People will be giving it away. And so we're like, oh, we need some food. Hungry. Like, let's be on the lookout. Well, right then, um, we pass a camp and a person out front with a, a food cart. And he's yelling, hot tamales. Who wants hot tamales? And we're like, yes. And we pull the bikes over. We jump out. We're excited. We're hungry. And this woman <laughs> is standing right there. <clears throat> Looks like she just had a tamale, kind of getting on her bike ready to leave. And she's like, guys, you're going to love these. They're so good. And the guy's like, yeah, we were up all night making them. Like, what do you want? What do you want? He's just pointing to our crew. Like, we got veggie. We got chorizo. We got chicken. What do you want? What do you want? We're all putting our orders in. And the guy's like, I got you. And he reaches in the cart and he pulls out a little paper cup, which is like the first head tilt. Like, what? Mm -hmm. He pulls out little paper cup. And he hands it to me, and inside are four hot tamale candies. Oh. And he, I'm like, what? And, he goes, and, he, and then he hands me a sticker, and the sticker says, fuck your expectations. Dude, I love that. <laughs> Dude, I loved it. It was the best gift I could have received. Yes. Because what I thought I wanted was food. But what I really needed was a message of somebody reminding me, teaching me, and showing me, fuck your expectations. Yeah, dude. And I can't tell you how powerful that lesson has been for me since then because there's honestly a lot of, like, it finally got through because it was part comedy. It was, it was just the way it was delivered. So it was such a beautiful moment. It was a highlight moment for me of the entire week, and it was so short like it was a three minute experience yeah. at the most random time the most random moment but ever since then i have felt in my heart the difference between having intentions and expectations mm -hmm. so i can have an intention right of being loving of being present i can have an intention of being you know cre a creative force in any given moment uh but an expectation this will happen for me is not how I want to operate anymore. I don't find as much value in expecting something from a holiday, from a birthday, yeah. from a business, from a relationship, from anything versus my intention is what I control, what I create, what I bring. That's much more in my, my control and therefore that's where I'm going to stay. So anyway, quick story about expectations. Dude, I love it. I love it. Look, I um, can't thank you enough for your time and I love being a part of the world with you in Front Row Dads. And um, I encourage anybody to go check out Front Row Dads. This is me plugging it, not John plugging it. It's me and my you know, it's my experience. So frontrowdads.com, right? Dot yeah. com. Super simple. Frontrowdads.com. Brother. That's it, guys. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Audience. If you got something from this and you think that somebody else in your life could could use it, share it. If you got something from this and you feel like you need to do something with it and you need to take action, 
go to menonpurpose.net and you'll find every single thing that you could possibly want, including John's information, information on Front Row Dads, all the show notes. You'll find our courses, our free stuff, our D&D mastermind, all of our curriculum, anything you need. You just got to take action today on it. And so I thank all of you for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.